Hey again, Pastor Susan. Hi, Pastor Joel, and welcome back to all of our Sunnyside listeners. It's good to be back. Uh, we are looking at James, the entirety of the Epistle of James, along with the first couple chapters of 1 John. Um, and man, these these books pull no punches. That's right. They are straightforward. Here it is. Um, I, I Every time I, I look at James. I mean, I, I named my kid James, uh, not necessarily after the book, but also like I'm, I'm reminded of the Epistle of James because it is such a demanding mm. work. Um, I think early on in my time at Sunnyside, we spent some time in the in the Epistle of James, and this is where the rubber meets the road, is what we talked mm. about. Um, I remember the tire. That's right. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had a tire that was great. And you know, um, made tracks. My uh, my my commentary here reminds me that Martin Luther talked about mm -hmm. James as the Epistle. Mm -hmm of straw mm -hmm. it's like luther buddy and, and i think that he, he wait i know he is you know was very vested in this but what what do you mean the the of straw yeah Say more the, about the, that. the epistle of straw he he thought that james sort of undid some of paul's oh, oh, justification okay. by no, faith doctrine right um because james does say faith that that works is dead and you know show me your faith by what you believe, I will show you my faith by what mm. I do, sort of thing. Um, and so, like straw is easily burned, mm. you know. Luther thought James was also easily burned. He was mm. going to remove it from Protestant, the Protestant canon. And, Get out! Right, like Luther, buddy. Like that uh, is so funny. I've forgotten that. It's uh, yeah, but thanks be to God um, that here it James is. Yeah. is here. That's and, right. In part because uh, along with. Um, the, the the letter to the Hebrews, James, I think, it, it strikes me as one of the more Jewish epistles. It's very much like clearly the author knew the Old Testament, was familiar with the with the ethical mm -hmm. commands mm -hmm. of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible. Um, yeah, it's got a good flavor to it because of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's. I, I don't know. I just find it fun. That's I think the right word to read it also through the lens that they think this is James, Jesus's brother. Yeah. So he had, you know, a, a lifetime of childhood and the teenage years and young adult life of knowing Jesus and seeing him then come into his ministry. And I think that's valuable and it makes it kind of enjoyable. And, and I even want, can't help but wonder, like with the kind of familiarity you have with the sibling, if that makes it easier in some ways, he like doesn't make any explanations. There's not a bunch of, he really doesn't spend any time making a defense for his case. He just lays it out. And I wonder if that's comes in part from the intimacy of, of siblings, right? And can you imagine, like, uh, those those of us who have siblings that are, like, really cool people, like, I, my, my little brother, both my little brother and sister are, like, they are phenomenal in what they do. Mm. I want to be like them sometimes when I grow up. And, like, I'm also sometimes, like, why do you have to be so cool? <laughs> Leave a little coolness for me, please. And I wonder, like, how must it have been being Jesus, you know, brother, or I guess half-brother um, in, in this, like, could you kind of get out of Jesus's shadow a little bit? Mm. I, I imagine that the sibling rivalry must have been tricky to navigate, even because like your sibling is the literal son of God. Um, mm. And there's like, you know. Well, like when did he learn that? How much did they know? Right, right. And would that make it better or worse? I don't know, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, so, can you imagine? Like that's that's the thing you drop then, when you're eight years old. Right. Like, well, I'm God's son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Right, yeah. yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. So, um, 
back to James. I'm sorry, Pastor Susan. Yeah. No, totally. <laughs> well, I, but, you know, kind of along, just kind of dropping it, like that's James does. Like he just kind of drops out, hears, and it's, a, you know, rather, many of the epistles that are directed to specific communities, this is really a very direct letter written for the scattered tribes, right, among the nations, right. written for the churches. So it's a very kind of moral imperative. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of, you know, he doesn't defend his his identity or his title. Mm-hmm. And so um, some commentators have argued that they the reason for that is that they he was probably very well regarded and had mm-hmm. a lot of respect and trust. And so he didn't need to offer any defense of his own position. Um, and then just says directly. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of fluff here. No. Whenever yeah. you face trials, many kinds rejoice. That's right. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, giving, giving folks, uh, what James does so well is verbalizing and giving folks language for mm. interacting with real life situations. Mm. That's a good way to think about it. I, like, yeah. You know, seeing, seeing a brother or sister in need, um, if you do nothing, what are you doing? Um, or you're to, to, to be to be hearers, uh, doers of the word, and not just hearers, mm. making distinctions between those who have and those who have not. Like these mm-hmm. are all things that mm-hmm. God God does not show partiality. Right. Um, and, and James is pretty pretty direct about right. that. That that's not the way of Christ. Right. I love you know he says don't just listen to yourselves and and do nothing but do it and um in the first chapter anyone who looks listens to the word but then does not do it is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror goes away and forgets his own face right that it just sounds crazy right you can't imagine what that would you ever doing that but what a good point right why in the same way would we listen to the word of God and not do it. Well, that, that's what hypocrisy is, right? That's it's crazy. Right. It's saying one thing and doing mm-hmm. another. It's not having integrity, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, why even though you know Luther may have called James an epistle of straw because of his focus on works, I think that's why James goes to the works because, mm-hmm. yeah, we're justified by faith. That's great, and and that's you know Paul working with theory, but I think James is working with practice. Uh, James mm-hmm. James is 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 where you've got lab work going on, mm-hmm. and so like. It doesn't matter how it works in theory. How it works in practice is that if you believe, it's going to show up in your life. Um, you, what good is it, as he says in verse fourteen of chapter two, if you say you have faith but don't have works? That's not real faith if it doesn't produce works. Mm-hmm. Um, our faith needs to. Drive Sometimes us. you know it's just helpful to have people point this out. Mm-hmm. You know, I think his role here in the church of just pointing this out, kind of concretely and point blank is just helpful that like you said it's crazy to sit in an environment professing one thing and then to behave in a totally different way it, it too often i think that can happen and it's helpful to have someone just name it i feel like you know i don't think he's berating anyone but just by right. saying it out loud that's a very pastoral um, role to play and an important role i need that in my life i'm grateful for the people in my life who are willing to call that out and to you know without judgment and i don't hear judgment in in the text i just hear that kind of i'm showing you a mirror right i'm showing i'm telling you what i see and letting them respond 
That's right. No, that's that's exactly right. Uh, James is not vindictive. Uh, just being a good leader. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. Even you know, as he said, mercy triumphs over judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I think also this this comes from James having like a this deep understanding of the Old Testament law mm. and how you cannot elevate one command over another command mm-hmm. that, that all of them have this, this claim on our lives. Mm. Um, and, and as, as he puts it in chapter two, the one who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. Mm. And if you transgress either of those, you become a lawbreaker. And, and, and it, that's not what God calls us to. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect, but it does mean that, as we try to fulfill the law in the way that God would have us fulfill the law, um, we, we, we need to refuse to do what the law prohibits and subscribe to what the law demands of us, which is to care for those who are in need. Mm-hmm. And that does, you know, it, it, that just can't be done alone. It takes yeah. a community. That's right. That's right. A community that's willing to call, call people to the carpet in a way mm-hmm. that is rest, restorative. That's right. Not judgmental. And I, I love to how James sort of invites in at the beginning of chapter three, like, hey, those of us who call ourselves teachers, hey, be careful. <laughs> we will face stricter judgment. And and I think like you and I as teaching elders or ministers right. of word and sacrament. It's, ouch. Right. We need to be careful. <laughs> oh, it's with, very with true. How we approach, right? approach mm-hmm. the tags and how we approach mm-hmm. teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it matters. I think we can all probably think of examples of times that have been hurtful and um and there is while there is a diversity of gifts and mm-hmm. um you know god values all equally it is you know very real that teachers can have influence in ways that can be really harmful it's important to pay attention to i was uh, talking to somebody earlier today about how and my, my sort of stock joke now is we're all televangelists because we're, you know, we're, we're all live streaming. But, That's but I, like the worst. <laughs> that is the worst. Oh my gosh. But right? I, if someone had told you when you were like, right. like I don't want to be a television. 15 or whatever when that started happening. And yeah, who would have thought? Oh my. They, they take, they take the teaching. And, and this is not true of all televangelists, right? But when I think of like the ver- the used car salesmen of preachers, Ew. I think of television yes. because they will frequently utilize, you know, the t- teaching of the word in order to swindle. Right. Um, and like, I, I don't, I, we, we, we need to be called to be better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so this is, I think that James would take some issue with yes. the ways that <laughs> some teachers have used God's word to bear false witness and mm-hmm. to enrich themselves uh, mm-hmm. benefit at the cost of God's people. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the power of the tongue, right? Is that, um, uh, which, which James gets, gets into uh, midway through chapter three, you know, the, the, the tongue is like the rudder, right? It's, it's a small mm. thing that does massive amounts of work and mm-hmm. can do great damage, mm-hmm. like the bridle in a horse. Mm. Yeah, those are great analogies to think about, like a, a rudder and like mm. a, a, a horse's bridle. Absolutely. 
So this is why it would make sense for James to be the brother of Jesus, right? Maybe they, they both got their, their parable game on. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> their parable game. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And, you know, I appreciate that even while he points to action, he's also so clear in saying, where does wisdom come from, mm. right? Later, um, wisdom, there's heavenly with wisdom. Uh, and to ask for that, to seek that out and to, to you know, to judge. Wisdom can be judged um, when it is peace-loving and considerate, submissive, full of mercy. Mm-hmm. Right. There's, there's a, I mean, there's a mirror there with the fruit of the spirit that Paul discusses. Oh, right. Yeah. There's where uh, Martin Luther can't leave out James. <laughs> Look at that. Tying to Galatians and one of Martin Luther's favorite books that's and right, all about right. the law. Yeah. Get it together, Luther. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that idea of um, the way that uh, the NRSV puts verse 18 of chapter three, a harvest of righteousness mm. is sown in peace for those who make peace. And I'm reminded wow. of like, I've, I've heard of people talk about the difference between peacekeepers mm. and peacemakers. Maybe mm. you've heard this before too, but peacekeepers are those who sweep whatever they need to under the rug in order to keep the peace. Mm. And I always think it's funny that in, in the, United, the United Nations calls them peacekeepers. Um, I think that's, that's a bummer um, because that peacemakers bummer. are the ones who have the hard conversations in order to get at the, the, um, unmet needs that have, uh, left peace out that, mm. and, and, and once we can kind of get to the core of where the disagreement lies mm-hmm. or where the sensitivity is, then we can have true peace. Mm-hmm. We can have true flourishing, true mm-hmm. shalom. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that that's what, what's going on here with this idea of those who make peace. It's not mm-hmm. those who keep peace. Mm. That's in a way, you know, it, it, that kind of illustrates, we talked last week about the way the Romans adjudicated law in the cultures mm. that they conquered and gets at some of the difference. Christians are can be uniquely empowered to be peacemakers mm. yes. rather than peacekeepers. Mm. And, you know, we have the opportunity. We don't always have the skill, right? That is something that can be developed and learned in communities. We need to, we have to work together to develop that. Mm. Um, but we have that opportunity. And, and I think, you know, James is pointing us towards that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, chapter four is like, that, that is like, it feels like hit after hit after hit. It's, you know, you ask and you do not have, um, or you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly. Um, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, draw near to God, like, like over and over. And these are like, I'm, I'm imagining like a loving parent, right? That, I think that's how James sees himself, mm-hmm. like offering these, these directions to, you know, children um, as a way of like, here's how you can live. But it's like it's a lot all at once. It feels mm. flooding mm. with with all of the like the guidance that that he gives here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, resist this, change this, mm-hmm. um, right, do right, this. Yeah. Give me time to do the one before you. Right, tell me to do the right. Other. It's true, but I mean, I think that for me, at least, the hope in this is that um, each of these are like reorientations towards mm-hmm. God who really does the heavy lifting, right? right? That as God does that work for us and in us, that opens up the opportunity to ask, right? Um, mm-hmm. We don't have to do it ourselves. We are asking right. and he's reorienting 
to a right way, right? But um, in, but we are empowered to ask. And I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Kind of centers the gravity. That's right. That's right. That's good. That's, I think that's what James is getting at. I think at the very beginning of James, it talks about um, if if you, anyone who doesn't have wisdom should ask God, mm. who, who gives um, uh, fully and completely. Mm. Um, that's right. Yeah. Are you ready to go to the fifth chapter? Oh, let's hit it. So I think this is, again, one of those like, oh, it's very uncomfortable for me, <laughs> right? Because I just, you know, living in North America in this time and, and you know, being a woman and a white woman, I have so much opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just hard. Listen, you rich people weep and wail. Misery is coming. Oh, no. Right, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> historically speaking, and even in this current moment, like it's hard for me to get around that because I have, I have most of what I need, right? Mm-hmm. If not all to access. And so, I mean, there's a very strong um, command mm-hmm. in, in generosity and the expectations of communities. There's, yeah, there's some resemblance here uh, with the parable of the rich fool, where the rich fool tears down his barns and builds new ones mm. because he's got all this money. He doesn't have room to, to, to hold it all. And, and yeah, like it's, I, I don't want, I don't want the misery to come to me. Like I, not really. No. Yeah. I don't want that for you or me right, right. Or, or any of us. Right. Yeah. Huh. Um. I, I don't, I don't, I, I wonder what then, what would James say? To us would would he say these same words and would he direct us like hey those of you who have and, and and i know that for for some of our listeners it may be quote unquote a dirty word but those of us who have privilege like it, it's not it's not wrong to have privilege i think what's wrong is what do we do with it right um and and do we use our ability to love do we use it to love or do we use it to love self? Mm. Um, I, I wonder if that's one of the questions that james would ask us if he were here today mm-hmm Yes, I can't help it, but agree and think that is a good question to ask ourselves. And mm. um, even if James isn't here today, right? right? right. Uh, and and you know to take some heart because even wealth doesn't bring ultimate comfort. And I think right. everyone would agree. I don't mm-hmm. think anyone would disagree with that. And um, and you know James is pointing us towards the examples of those who have suffered uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. going all the way back to Job in the Old Testament, right? right? right. I love his knowledge there and the, and the prophets and Elijah mm-hmm. and those who really struggled and that there is, you know, he's imploring a sense of, of holiness right. in, in this, in the patience and the, the struggle that comes from working for the Lord. And that idea that the prayer of the righteous is powerful mm. and effective. Like that, that's one of those, those passages that sticks, sticks in my head. Right, me too. Um, it's a, it's a call to prayer that that's what is going mm. to solve some of the, the, the needs that we may have. It's not more wealth. It's not more privilege. Mm. It's not more opportunity. Mm. It's prayer. Um, and, and it matters mm-hmm. how we go to God in prayer. You're going to jump into First John for a couple minutes before yeah, we end today. That sounds good. First John is another uh, uh, book that's just very direct, I think. And we're, we'll be spending some more time in, in our uh, preaching later this year with First John. Um, so we'll have a chance to kind of get into it a little bit more deeply. But it's um, 
it's just like James. It's very clear and very direct. Mm -hmm. um, those who do not love do not know God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's, mm -hmm. it's so direct that it's hard to kind of shrink back from um, because it calls us to account. Right. And yet, I mean, I can't help but shrink and also be emboldened yeah. because that is the aim, right? Mm -hmm. And that is the um, fullness of the love of God that it does inspire and bring change in us mm -hmm. and that is exciting one, one note i mean we don't we don't need to get too deep in the weeds as far as authorship is concerned but um first john traditionally was linked to the same you know disciple who wrote the gospel of john mm -hmm. um, hear a little bit of similarities right they that's right. the same language a lot of a lot of light language mm -hmm. a lot of you know love language beautifully well. written and uh you know there's there's some folks who think first john was written by you know other folks and and at the end of the day man it's that's, yeah <laughs> sorry right, right. no i think <laughs> jumped I think in there exactly but right. that's my... it's is it scripture and, right. and the answer here is yes and mm -hmm. so it has a claim on our lives regardless mm -hmm. of who wrote it mm -hmm. um, and uh and i i love i love how it opens it opens in a similar sense to the gospel of john mm -hmm. right what we've seen what we've heard what we've touched with our hands seen with our mm -hmm. eyes um, this we declare to you. Um, and then, you know, it opens like many of our worship services with confession. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like, and again, I feel like this um, epistle really draws us in to like testifying to the life of Christ mm -hmm. uh, in a way that is inspiring to me. And while there are ethical implications and there's plenty of ways that it kind of calls us to the carpet, and I think the focus really is that and it's calling us to the light and to the life of Christ and to walk in that light mm -hmm. um, and not expecting, you know, it's, it's, it calls a spade a spade. If we claim to be with sin, to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. And it's so clear if we confess God is faithful, God is just, God forgives our sins and purifies us from all unrighteousness. Um, a great memory verse mm -hmm. have, <laughs> throw have, back to my college years oh yeah like that yeah. this the, the whole first chapter of first john mm -hmm. i think particularly mm -hmm. the last half is so good mm -hmm. have we talked about dc talk on this podcast before i don't think so but let's talk about <laughs> dc talk <laughs> so dc talk for our listeners uh was a christian band um that i think really got famous i don't know about in pop circles but certainly in christian circles mm -hmm. in the mid early to mid 90s mm -hmm. um and uh, uh they they were more sort of hip-hop rap based early on they became a little more um i don't know melodic later on um and, and they've got a song called in the light um i want to be in the light as you were in the light i want to shine like that's the stars a good in the song heavens. it's so good it is yeah you should probably link it i, I need to make that's a note a, to link that's it a great idea here. that'd be fun um, but I, whenever I read this first part of First Sean, I think of DC Talk um, hmm. and that song about living in the light. And this mm -hmm. is the call of First Sean. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, it, we, we've got John continuing to talk about like, okay, here's, here's why I'm writing. Here's what's going on. And then the only place in scripture where Antichrist is named is in First John. Really? Yeah. It's, it, Antichrist is not named in the book of Revelation that, that I remember. I, I can double check that. I trust you on that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's named only in First John. Fun fact. That is a fun fact, but I, you, you shouldn't have said revelation because now my brain is like thinking, what is it? Because there, that concept is 
alluded to. False prophet, false prophet. In, in Revelation. I'm going to just huh. take a quick okay. look. As, as No, I, I bet you're right. And verify. This is why it's so cool to have um, like a, a, a Bible app uh, mm-hmm. that you can just plug something in and look it up. Mm. Yeah, you know, Second John actually names Antichrist as well, but First and Second John are the only the two only places. Um, chapter 2 of First John, chapter 4, and then chapter 1 of Second John, um, which is, yeah, it's really interesting because when we think Antichrist, you know, at least for me growing up with the Left Behind series, mm-hmm. um, I think Revelation. Me too. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Hmm. What, oh, good. No, you go. What, what, what John does with Antichrist is also interesting. John does not name like sort of a, an ultimate evil person as Antichrist. Mm-hmm. He names anything that opposes the reign of Christ in this world. There's a portion of each of us that is Antichrist mm-hmm. that opposes Christ. We call it the sinful nature, right? And mm-hmm. that's the part of us that Christ is here to excise so that we can mm-hmm. be holy as he mm-hmm. is holy. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm partly so surprised because it seems in a way like such a pervasive um, reality, right? That there, just as you described, there is always some part of us that is anti-Christ and some part of movements that are anti-Christ and part of um, working out our discipleship is, you know, bringing those parts of our lives into alignment with God and walking in the light in all and integrity and entirety. Mm-hmm. But, but it is, I mean, I just am reminded as I read this that, um, you know, in the early church, they were, they didn't have the scriptures. They didn't have creed, creedal documents. They were still figuring it out. And it was as in um, Acts, they used the phrase considered they were the people of the way because they were really learning about their faith sort of as they walked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, as they talk about testing the spirits and uh, antichrists and different teachers, they're really trying to, to discern and determine very clearly what is of God, what isn't. And it's just this active sort of figuring it out process, which I like, it's kind of intriguing to see. And important that at the end, it always comes down to God is love. Mm -hmm. That is, that is what is tested and true and right that in God, there's love. Right. That's right. Yeah. Not, not a new commandment, but an old commandment. Mm -hmm. Whoever loves a brother or sister lives in the light. Um, mm. as, as John puts it in chapter two. Mm. Um, and, and in the rest of first John, which we'll get into next week, I think he'll, he'll further define what it looks like to I jumped be, ahead. No, no, you, <laughs> I no did. problem. Um, what, it, it, John will further get into what it looks like to love mm-hmm. um, a sibling in Christ, because like got to love in word mm-hmm. and deed, you know, mm-hmm. and, and in, in, in truth, right. Mm-hmm. It's not always easy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's why it's really important to have the course corrections and have mm-hmm. communities and people around us. That's right. Oh. Thanks be to God for John and James, as uncomfortable as they sometimes make us. That's right. Absolutely. Um, with a couple of minutes left, what is God's good news for you uh, in this chunk of scripture, Pastor Susan? Yeah, I think God's good news is that, um, you know, God is love and we're called to walk in the light and mm-hmm. um, that there is no reason to be afraid there is no reason to feel shame that we're invited to be fully immersed in the love and light of god mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. What about you, Pastor Joel? Yeah, prayer is so important, right? And and the reminder from James, mm-hmm. like that's good news for me. Like that that when you pray, stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's your own heart that's mm-hmm. changed, my own heart that's changed, or whether it's God doing something of substance in the world. So good. Um, is there a word that resonates for you from this passage or these passages? I think in both James and First John, um, really along with the love and the light, like I, I also like hear a kind of clarion call to joy, that mm. joy and perseverance, joy in the love of God, joy walking with the light and even in this process um as direct and uncomfortable as it may be at times like you know god's love drives out fear mm. we're called we're called to joy yeah. what about you yeah the the idea of of light and like mm. I, I i think of how my body responds mm. when it's not in the midst of permacloud yeah, um, oh gosh. When, when there's light outside <laughs> Winter. And, and i think there's there's beauty in that that's mm-hmm. resonant right? yeah. how can mm-hmm. i be that to others right mm-hmm. let's walk in the light mm-hmm. as, as he's in the light um, and I think that's probably how it encourages me to to, to live. Like I, I want to lead with joy mm-hmm. and to lead with with mm-hmm. light in that regard. What about you? Amen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think in those ways it encourages me to pay attention to the joy mm-hmm. and walking in the light and um, to really embody those places. This is good. We'll look at uh, next week. We'll look at First John three and go into First Peter. No, well, Second John and Third John as well, and then we'll go into to First Peter. Sounds great. All right. Thank you, Pastor Joel. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Talk to you soon.